welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Olivia DeBersier. And I'm Sophia Osborne. And if you want to support the show, check out our merch store over on Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash Beyond Blathers. Yeah, we're currently having a holiday sale of 30% off everything in our store, including the adorable needle-felted sunfish ornaments that Olivia made and our stickers and postcards. Yeah, just check out the sale before it ends on December 15th. Yeah. So this week, Sophia is going to be telling us about the sea pineapple, which I'm excited about. Although all I can think of is SpongeBob. Yeah. It's the only image I have. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny when I was like looking it up and trying to do research for this episode a lot. Of what was coming up was about Spongebob, even like academic articles about Spongebob, (laughs) which I mean, I love I love that that exists and that should be its whole own episode. Definitely. It's like if you search up, sometimes I'll just type in the word Madagascar because I'm talking about (laughs) and now I want to see like lemurs or something. And then like all that comes up is the movie and I'm like, then I have to write Madagascar, the country. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, now I've kind of been like debating for myself whether SpongeBob actually lives in like a normal pineapple, which it does look like a normal pineapple, but maybe it is a sea pineapple or inspired by a sea pineapple, you know? Maybe. I feel like we should listen to this episode and then at the end we can debate it. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) well, this episode will be like 10 minutes and then there'll be a half hour debate afterwards um so tune in questions from the audience (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get into it then let's let's talk about what blathers has to say about the sea pineapple so if you bring a sea pineapple to blathers he'll say try not to gawk as you look upon the sea pineapple its peculiar look is simply one of nature's many jokes though it may look like a half rotten hunk of fruit the sea pineapple is no plant shellfish or even sea slug it's a tunicate What, what? A fancy name for a shallow water filter feeder with a taste for plankton. It should be noted that the sea pineapple looks like a tadpole when it's young and can still swim about. Alas, its youthful cuteness wears off once it attaches itself for good to a rock. Ah, but let's put insults aside. Sea pineapples are full of water, you see, and I fear we're asking for a squirt in the eye. Man, that is jam-packed with info. (laughs) Yeah, this is so funny to me because it's like such a long quote for Blathers. Like he does not usually talk that much about the specimens and like he's like stealing our job. Um, yeah, she's what we have to talk about now. Yeah, because honestly, like there's not a ton of information out there about sea pineapples. So he kind of goes over a lot of it, but we can definitely go more in depth into each of these little topics but it, it's funny. I just keep choosing animals that are like mostly talked about in a food context. <laughs> I don't know. I just keep being like, oh, this looks cool. And then it's like, if you look it up, it's all just like recipes or people like blogs of people tasting it and stuff like that. Yeah, that's really funny. I wonder if it's like, because you choose the sea creatures usually. Yeah. And I feel like I usually go for fish and you go for other things. Yeah. And a lot of the sea creatures, because this is like a Japanese game a lot of them are like sea creatures that are eaten in Japan which is really cool true yeah okay cool so let's get into the interesting information about the sea pineapple 
And I wanted to talk first quickly about their appearance because that's probably the most striking thing about them. Like Bothers said, they kind of look like a weird cursed fruit, (laughs) like a little bit rotten or lopsided and weird. They're this pinky orangey color and covered in spiky bumps, definitely pineapple-like in that way. And inside, their flesh is a bright orange color. Like if you look at photos of, um, you know, people eating it. And it's funny because I think that this like color is really deceiving because it does look very fruity to me. Like it looks like a mango or something. So you would think it's like sweet and yummy and everything. But then I read descriptions about what it tastes like and it does not sound good to me, but we'll talk about more how they are as food at the end of the episode. But yeah, it's just, I think it's very cool to realize that these are not plants. These aren't fruit. They are an animal. It's weird looking at this thing. It looks like the Grinch's heart. Like that's what (laughs) I expected. It's like a human heart with spikes on it or like, or like, yeah, rotten dragon fruit. It is, this is a little, it's a little gross looking. Yeah. Sorry to say. <laughs> so what is it? Like you said, it's not a fruit. It's, it's, well, yeah. What is it? What's the taxonomy? Blather said it's a tourniquet or t- a tunicate. I know I kept typing. <laughs> it is not tourniquet. a first aid object. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kept typing a, tourniquet. A tunicate. Yeah. So it's a, it is a tunicate which I wanted to talk about because I don't think that's a very well-known group of animals. I had never heard about it before, for sure. And because there isn't a ton of information about sea pineapples, a lot of this episode is going to be just kind of like more general information about tunicates, which is, I think, cool. So tunicates are actually members of the subphylum called tunicata, which is part of the larger phylum chordata, which may be familiar to you because it includes all animals with dorsal nerve cords and notochords, including vertebrates, including humans. So they're more closely related to us than you might think by just looking at them. And Olivia, I was wondering, you always make me guess and it's embarrassing. And so I was wondering (laughs) (laughs) if you wanted to guess why they're called the tunicata. Okay, let me think here. Um... Maybe they, just for the audience's sake, I'm going to tell them it's spelled T-U-N-I-C-A-T-A. Mm-hmm. So it's not like tuna the fish. <laughs> Is it because they tur- they have little like turning fins or something? I don't know. That's my guess. That's how they locomote is with fun- little turning fins. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is... Not true, but good. Sophia good even put like a large space under this question so that it's a real quiz on our script. So no one can like I can't even see the answer. Yeah, no, there was no cheating. No cheating. <laughs> and I can tell because, yeah, that was not very correct. wrong. Yeah, they most of them are pretty like, like sedentary. They're just they're just hanging out on like a rock. But yeah, so I actually love this name because it comes from their outer covering and how they kind of look like they're wearing a tunic oh like you know like a long like shirt I guess that's how you would describe a tunic I don't know it's very like fantasy to me that's super cute yeah really cute and 
This tunic is actually super interesting because it's made from cellulose. And the wild thing is that tunicates are actually the only animals that can produce cellulose. So you may have heard of cellulose because that's what plant cell walls are made out of. And it's like a really cool material. Yeah, so usually it's a plant thing, but these are the only animals that can produce it. For tunicates, their tunics can be thin and gelatinous or... In the case of the sea pineapple and others like it, this outer covering is more like tough and thick, like an exoskeleton or, or like, a, like a fruit shell or that kind of thing. Scientists are actually looking at this aspect of tunicates very closely because using cellulose to produce useful materials for humans is something that could be really cool and helpful. So kind of figuring out how it can be produced and used to make different structures and stuff. So yeah, we're once again talking about how engineering mimics biology, which I always love to see. Oh, that's so interesting. I would never have thought. Cellulose and animals. Yeah, and that was only something that I found when I dug deeper. Like they, that's not mentioned on like Wikipedia or anything. They just say, oh, it's made out of like proteins and stuff. But then I found some scientific articles about just sort of trying to analyze the like cellulose content and stuff in them so that they can maybe and use it to inform engineering and stuff so yeah neat little known fact and there are about 3,000 species of tunicates and some of them are just amazing looking so I know that the sea pineapple is not like the coolest or like nicest to look at (laughs) but I would definitely encourage you all to look up the bluebell tunicate which looks like a beautiful like alien slinky or something they're just beautiful like a piece of art like if i saw that in an art gallery i would not be surprised it looks like the like at least the photos that i'm seeing remind me of the what oh i'm forgetting what they're called the vase episode we did with the shrimp oh yeah the Venus flower basket. Oh, thank you. I don't know why I forgot the name of it. The Venus flower basket. It looks like that almost, but yeah. But then I'm seeing other pictures where it looks more like a flower. They look like like blown glass. Oh, those are pictures of a flower. Oh, (laughs) yeah, bluebells. I guess this is the danger of Google images. (laughs) You get a little bit of a mixed bag of of things. My bad. Yeah. So I love those. They're really pretty, and they're a good example of how these tunic outer coverings can be thin and translucent because yeah if you look it up you'll see that they're they're very see-through and then there's another species of tunicate the stalked sea tulip which is a really cool name there's just so many like sea seahorse sea tulip sea pineapple yeah um, sea pig (laughs) but yeah so the stalked sea tulip can grow to be over a meter tall and like the name suggests it has this long stalk with kind of like a pink club looking thing on the end. And it's also kind of weird looking and not as pretty as like a actual land tulip, but it's still really interesting. It kind of shows how big they can get to. I had to Google that too, because I'm really fascinated (laughs) by how these all look. Yeah. They definitely don't look like animals. They look like, yeah, sea plants of some kind. This one just looks like like an ogre head on a long stalk <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like an orc from from lord of the rings it's really cool how diverse this subphylum is and 
it's not just diverse in terms of appearance, but also life strategies. So some tunicates will live alone. Some live in colonies that they actually like create by budding, which we've talked about in other episodes. And some float through the water and others like the sea pineapple will attach to the substrate like rocks or the ocean floor and live their their whole life in one place. But like Blathers said, they're they're filter feeders and they love to eat some good plankton, which is another kind of SpongeBob connection, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe the sea pineapple is a defensive fort for SpongeBob from plankton. Mm, yeah. If plankton, like it's a war zone. <laughs> if plankton ever comes too close to his house, the, the pineapple will just eat him. Yeah, exactly. It'll just sort of suck him up <laughs> just like that. So can we talk about their life cycle a bit? Blathers said they look like a tadpole when they're young, and I'm trying to imagine that. Yeah, I think the life cycle is definitely one of the coolest things about tunicates. So the larval tunicates do look a lot like a tadpole. That's definitely what I would compare them to, at least on the surface, their appearance-wise. And yeah, so they basically have this little head, which in some species even has an eye. And then kind of coming out of the head, like the tail of the tadpole, they have a long notochord, which is basically like a proto-spine that protects their nerve cords. And so yeah, that's like the way that you're like, oh yeah, these, these are vertebrates like us. Although some of them might have a basic digestive system, like I saw some diagrams that have a little stomach and a little intestine, but the, the reality is that the larval form can't feed and it's basically just a dispersal system to go find a good place to settle down and become an adult tunicate. And one interesting thing is that when they go through metamorphosis from larva to adult, their cerebral ganglion which controls movement, is reduced. And this is basically like the brain. And I guess that makes sense. Like they don't really need it anymore to move around. But apparently people make jokes that they're like eating their own brain as they grow up. Oh. <laughs> it's a little dark. Yeah. Speaking of eating, you said that these critters are mostly talked about in the food context. So what is the food? How can you eat them? Yeah, so sea pineapples are eaten quite a bit in Korea and Japan, and I wonder if any of our listeners have actually ever tasted them. If you have, like, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter or something and, like, tell us what you think about them, because I'm curious. Apparently in Korea, they're mostly eaten raw or pickled and sometimes added to kimchi, and then in Japan, they're eaten as sashimi. And like I said before, the the taste really does not sound appetizing to me at all. People describe it as being similar to iodine or rubber dipped in ammonia. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, like, I don't know why you would want to eat that. Wait, is it like vinegary? Like, that's the only thing I can imagine tasting iodine. I don't I guess oh. it's sort of like alcoholy, like chemically. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, apparently the taste goes well with sake so i don't know i would be curious to try it sometime because i just i just can't think of a food that tastes like that maybe like (laughs) the only the only thing i can think of that tastes chemically to me are i don't know as a kid when you went trick-or-treating did you ever get like the little twizzlers in a tiny packet and they were rainbow twizzlers 
They always tasted like soap to me. And that is the only thing I can imagine tasting both chemically and rubbery at the same time. Yeah. Because I was even going to say like like cilantro or something for people who have the gene that makes cilantro taste bad or something. Yeah, I wonder. Man, we... I feel like we need to do like a food tour where we just go to Asia and we taste all these things that we talk about in the show. Because I feel like they're always a lot of these food items are like you can only get them in Asia. Yeah. I'm really curious, especially this one. Like what? Rubber dipped in ammonia. (laughs) Yeah. Dear Lord. (laughs) What? So do they like farm sea pineapples or do they just harvest them from the wild? Yeah. So they do cultivate them by dangling cords into the water. And I read that the cords are made of palm fronds, which is kind of cool. Oh. But apparently it actually takes three to four years to cultivate them from start to finish, which is quite a long time for, I guess, a crop. And this can definitely be an issue when there's some sort of like mass die-off event or disaster. Uh, I was actually reading an article about how sea squirt farming which is like sometimes people call um tourniquets sea squirts and blathers was talking about that but anyway um sea squirt farming was devastated after the 2011 earthquake in japan and it took a long time to recover oh wow okay two things first interesting that it takes three to four years to cultivate them because an actual pineapple like a land pineapple takes two years for a single one to grow so that's really interesting that's kind of a cool little parallel Mm -hmm. but then also second thing sea squirt is way cuter than tunicate (laughs) why are we not just calling them sea squirts yeah i think a lot of people do although i'm kind of like i like like i said i like tunicate because i just like like the tunic that is cute too, yeah. I just think of like Squirt, the like little, like, isn't there a Finding Nemo character, like little turtle? Yeah. Squirt? I think so. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I think that, yeah. So basically, like, there's 3,000 species of tunicate, and the most numerous group is the Ascidians. And I think Ascidians are also called sea squirts. So it's like all sea squirts are tunicates, but not all tunicates are sea squirts. Oh, yeah. Okay. I follow. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, there you have it to summarize. I'll try to summarize like Olivia does. Um, (laughs) Sea pineapples are a type of tunicate and are a lot more closely related to us than you might think. As larvae, they swim around like tadpoles before settling onto a rock to live out the rest of their lives. And although they taste kind of chemically, apparently they pair well with sake. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you got to take from this episode. Mm -hmm. If someone offers you sea pineapple, you must also request some sake. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much, Sophia. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to check out our merch store at etsy.com slash shop slash beyond blathers and take advantage of our 30% off holiday sale before it ends on December 15th. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at beyond blathers. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!